Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills podcast this Monday. You're about to listen to a message from the Flow Encounter Service preached by healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Hewitt Mills. There is no greater love that's ever been shown to mankind than the love exhibited by Jesus Christ, giving himself up for us as an atonement for our sins. According to the Bible, loving God is the greatest command of all that the Lord has issued to his people in his word. God expects us to respond appropriately to his tremendous love, and in today's message, Bishop Dag will teach you some of the reasons why you must strive to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Get ready to receive revelation and the anointing as you tap into today's blessed teaching. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's power is coming through to us. God is blessing us. Last week, prophet shared with us during the offertory time that Isaac sowed in the land in the year of famine and received a hundredfold. So I believe instead of going down, we are going up in Jesus' name. Shout a big amen from your homes. Hallelujah. Our first testimony we received just this past week. He says, thank you, prophet, for the flow services. I'm being blessed. One Friday during the offertory time, I purposed in my heart to give half of the money I had when you asked us to give. But I felt convicted to give all the money on my phone. I obeyed the conviction I had. The following day, someone sent me money. He sent me four times of what I gave that day. Give the Lord a shout of praise. God is increasing. I see you going up in Jesus' name. And this one too is from King Simon Akoli, a missionary from the Kenyan missions. He says, Prophet, thank you for the flow prayer meetings. During the flow, one of these days, you, you prophesied that strangers will feed us. And the Lord has been using my landlord in a miraculous way to feed my family and I whilst we are on the mission field without me asking for the help. It is as if she monitors me. Immediately I finish the flow prayer meeting. She knocks on the door with foodstuffs like cassava, rice, oil, maize, etc., etc. Receive your own divine supplies in Jesus' mighty name. And then he says, this is heavenly supply. God bless you for leading us to pray. Amen. Amen. You will never run dry in this season in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the blessing of today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are going to take an offering and we're going to have a special flow choir. Wow. Where the love flow choir is going to come and sing from the UK. Wow. Can you imagine all the way from the UK? UK, all right. What a blessing. And uh, I want us to look at Isaiah 48. And see a blessing there. Wow. Don't forget, Tuesday morning, we'll be here for prayer, I believe. Amen. Amen. Now, verse 17, Isaiah 48, verse 17, says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Amen. The Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, and which leadeth thee by the way 
that thou shouldest go. Amen. Amen. So God is introducing himself as someone who teaches you how to profit or to prosper. He introduced himself in Exodus as the, the Lord that healeth. The Lord that healeth. So, here he introduces himself as the Lord that teacheth thee to profit. Now, when you know somebody, you can know different dimensions of the same person depending on the circumstances that come up in life in relation to, to that person existing. So, at a point, you can know somebody as a friend. First, you can know the person maybe as a friend in school, a secular friend. Then later on, you can meet the person in church and know the person as a fellow church member. Then you could know the person closer as a ministry, part of your ministry. You're likely to have a closer relationship with the person. Then you could know the person as a, a friend, a personal friend, somebody you eat with. Anybody you eat with, you are close to the person. It's automatic. Jesus ate with his disciples. So, you've never eaten with a person. But now you even know what the person will eat. And you know that he will eat more than you or less than you. Because you know the person as a f- in that dimension, like in the realm of food. You get what I'm saying? It's a realm. Then the person may be a lawyer. And then you may one day have a legal case. And then you know the person as a lawyer. And you find out maybe that the person is very phlegmatic about his law work. So your case doesn't advance at all. Now you find another dimension of the person. And you realize that even though everybody is called lawyer, in his case, he's a lawyer with a phlegmatic streak. Which makes your case slow down. And you even want to take over the case yourself. But you didn't know that that's how the person was. Because you first knew the person as a secular friend in school. Then you got to know him in the church. Then you got to know him as a fellow dancing star. Then later on, you found it became a friend that you eat with. And the eating is working. Because there's no problem. But when it came to the lawyer part, then you found out that the person was phlegmatic. Now the person proposes to you to marry you. Then you enter a new dimension of relationship and you find out what it's like to be a, that person's beloved. And you've never experienced that before. And you realize, wow. And then, so you, are, and you experience beloved doses, which are completely different experience. Then you actually get married to the person. That's, that's another experience. Some people are as good as friends, but they will not be happy with them if you marry them. There are a lot of people who are unhappy in their marriage. If you were not married, you'd be the best of friends. 
you the, that person will be the main person that you like, that the person visits you or you even visit, you call. The person will be a very flowing, encouraging person. But to marry the person is another dimension. So you are knowing him because that person has his own way of marrying, which is quite different from what you understand. Do you understand me? So you keep knowing people in different dimensions. Are you with me? And then you may be employed by the person to work with the person. And some people cannot work with their spouses. And you find out that to work with that person is another whole complicated thing. So in each dimension, you know different things. So God introduces himself as this, and the Lord, your victory, Jehovah Nisi, and the Lord, that El Shaddai, the mighty breasted one, I have everything for you. I am Jehovah. I am that I am. Jehovah. It's like a very powerful person. I am. Just say that I am. Says, and then you see the power of I am. I exist. You didn't know that I existed. And then you got to know him as Jehovah Rophe, the Lord that heals. Like I'm a healer. Now here in Isaiah 48 and verse 17, we get to know him as somebody who can make you prosper. Wow. Yeah. It's a completely, you can do well in your Christian life, but when it comes to money, you don't do well. You're very prayerful, but financially, it's not really working. Prayer is working, but finance is not working. Are you there? Yes. So, the Lord that teacheth thee to profit... And then which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. So God leads us. Now, if you take a cow, I don't know where you are watching from, but we are in Accra. If you take a cow that is in Accra and you want the cow to go to Lagos, which is Nigeria, or Abidjan, which is the next country, and you say go, and he starts walking. You whip him have you at the back say Lagos. Or you whip him at the back and say, Abidjan. Do is there hope for this cow to get there? Next time you see him, he's a kebab you are eating. You get it? So what hope do you have without a guide and without being led? You are never gonna to get to the right place. So prosperity is very much connected to following what God says. Then verse 18 says, there is God lamenting. God is lamenting. He says, oh, that thou had hearkened to my commandments. If only you had listened to my commandments. Eh? If you had listened. Then your peace, your peace, that's peace of mind, peace would have been like a river. Do you know what a river is like? One of the amazing things, if you ever get a chance to stand by a river, next time you see a good river, go and stand by it. You, you'll be amazed about, there's something about a river. You'll be amazed because when you stand there, you can see water going with speed. Some rivers are really fast. And wherever the water is coming from a it never ends. <laughs> you just wonder, like, where is this miracle coming from? Yes. 
never any huge amount of water going by, going by, going by. If you go to a waterfall, like Niagara Waterfalls, you see the water coming, the, the volume of water and the speed and the power that it has never stops. You wonder where is the water coming from? It's amazing. So if you had listened to God, or to listen to God, that's how your peace would be. It's like you wonder why there's so much peace in your life. So much happiness. Yes. All forms of sadness are from not obeying God. Yes. All forms of sadness. Then he says, and your righteousness would have been as the waves of the sea. You know, it's important to be righteous because sin and unrighteousness brings uh, problems. So he says, thy righteousness should be as the waves of the sea. Now, I remember the waves of the Atlantic Ocean here in Accra. As a child, my mother used to take us to the beach. Now, since I was a child, maybe six years old, eight years old, up till today, the waves have not stopped coming. I mean, if you go there, they are still on their way. There's never been a pause. I mean, that's been like about 40 years of waves. No break. From what? Obeying. That's how your righteousness would be. Amen. And then your seed, thy seed, also had been as the sand. You would have had a lot of followers, a lot of fruits, biological, spiritual, your seed. This is the blessing for those who listen to the commandment of God. Your seed would have been like the sand and your offspring, your church members, your children, like the bowls, like the bowels, like the gravel thereof, offspring of thy bowels. Okay? And your name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Now, when you talk of your seed, you must know that people curse you with your children. You know, the other day I had somebody who was being um, not treated well, a man of God, and he, he was speaking, um, yeah, you know, you don't have to say a curse, but, you know, he was uh, bringing up a scripture. <laughs> yes. He was bringing up a scripture. And he said that he that throws a stone, a stone will also be thrown at him. It's Proverbs 26, 27, yes. He that throws a stone, a stone will also be thrown at him and to his children. You see, and the Bible, the Bible speaks of, of, um, the Bible speaks of visiting the iniquity of the fathers up to the third and the fourth generation. Now, that's why there are so many unsolvable problems. There is a third and fourth generation. So, it's like you may have been born in the third generation. (laughs) So, some of the problems we have, they are intractable and unsolvable problems. Yes. Because somebody has lifted, and and he he lifted his hand, and he said, he that thrown a stone at me, it shall be thrown at him and his children. Yes. And he that digs a pit, 
he will fall down to the pit. You are digging a pit for somebody to go down. One of the ways you can dig a pit is trying to say bad things about people for them to go down. That's what, to go down in the estimation of others. It's the same as digging a pit. You see, and all these are activated. Activated. Yes. <laughs> okay? So when he talk of the seed, you know, he's talking of blessings. It's important for blessings to be on our seed because there are things that follow people and their children. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that God is saying, I will bless you and your seed Amen. will be blessed. Amen. Hey. Verse 20. Go ye forth of Babylon and sing. Verse 21. The verse we are looking for. Now, they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. Now, we are in a desert. The desert has come. You don't need to go to Sahara Desert. It has come right here. Yes. Worldwide. Desert. South African Airways has been sold. Air France and KLM are bankrupt also. And British Airways cut off jobs, 12,000 jobs. All their pilots are off. Virgin Atlantic is bankrupt. Everybody's closing down uh, businesses. Yes, big businesses. Yes, I'll tell you what's going to come. Yes, never have thought about it. In just three weeks of not working, three, four, five weeks of not working, because of the owing. It's when you owe people. Yeah. You can't just be in the house because you need to pay for this week. You must, you must pay. Next week is coming, so you must pay. And they will never leave that money. Everybody is owing everybody. Yes. But the Bible says that when they, he was taking them through the desert, they were never thirsty. That's going to be your story. Amen. And he caused waters to flow out of the rock for them. So that means that where you don't even expect water to come from, God can make water Hallelujah. to flow out in the, in the desert and in, from the rock. Amen. And he claved the rock also and waters gushed out. So brothers and sisters, obeying God, he says, oh, if you had only obeyed my commandment, ooh, it would have been so different for you, your life, and then your children. Because it was a blessing for him and the children. That's what I was trying to say that. He that diggeth a pit. Anyone who digs a pit for somebody. You will go inside the pit. You are the one who will go down. Yes. These are scriptures. And you are throwing a stone at me. A stone will be thrown at you. Big time. To follow you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, I'm just saying that let's believe God and let's believe God's word. Wherever you are, you know, I I spoke to somebody, I was asking about the, the state of the church and a lot of people have stopped giving, you know, but I want to encourage everybody that in this farming, you know, where things are not... People have been asked to go on fellow, which means you go, 
there's no work. Whenever we start, you can come again. Or dismissed, or laid off, or bankrupt. Different options. You get it? But I'm saying to you that, as usual, as usual, we are, we are faced with the option of obeying God and believing in God or not believing in God. And I want to encourage everybody to give today your tithes, your offerings, and everything online. Don't say, I will not give. Give because you are going to need supernatural help. We are all going to need supernatural help. In the church, we may have to inform those who work in the church that their salaries will have to be slashed or people may have to be not paid. I don't know. But we are hoping that God will sustain the church. Amen. Amen. Because churches are also greatly affected. Because yeah. you just close down. Every operation is closed down. We cannot meet at all. So I want everyone, every giving, take out a special offering today. Because I want us to recover from the losses. Amen. Because what I was told was not a good report. Amen. Amen. So I want everybody to give. And, and first love is doing well, but the other denominations, not well. Not well. Far less than half. Yes. Whereas first love is up there. So first lovers, keep it up. In some cases, first love have even gone higher. So I want to encourage all the other denominations and anyone watching, every watching, every giving. Are we on television? We are not on television still due to technical difficulties. But soon we will be. By Tuesday, by the grace of God. All right, you see us on many, you'll be seeing us on canal. And other channels. And other satellites all over. It, you, you will not even need internet. Amen. And all that is money. So every giving. Pay your tithes. On the phone, I think there should be something on the screen. That is going to show you what it is about. Amen. Amen. And God is going to bless you mightily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every giving, take out, pay your tithes, give an offering. Say, Lord, I want to help the work of God. As I speak, projects are on. On, on, on. Things are being done. Big projects. Things that were supposed to be done are being done. I mentioned during a Good Friday that we're building, roofing 10 cathedrals. The trusses for one cathedral is about $50,000. That's the trusses, not the roofing sheets, not anything. So before the gable, before the blocks, before this, before many things. So all these are ongoing as we speak. Amen. Amen. Our church in Lumumbashi has begun construction of the cathedral and the offices. And our church in Congo, Kinshasa, the second part of Kinshasa, is our second church building 
in Kinshasa. Yes. Also on this project. Apart from all the other projects in different kinds. I'm talking about ones that are starting. Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. So, please, every giving, every supporting, we are talking about real places that you, you see, some of you don't know that one day you may be in Kinshasa. That's your house. Yes. You don't know that that will be your house. You say, hey, thank God this man was building a church far away there, somewhere he has never been before. At the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. You didn't know that you would be in Lumumbashi. Have you heard of Patrice Lumumba? That's where he comes from, Lumumbashi. Yes, we have a Patrice Lumumba street in Ghana. He's from, that is the part of Congo that he was the first president of Congo, DRC. He was murdered. <laughs> A stone was thrown at him. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> no matter how long it takes, yes, the scripture will be fulfilled. Yes. That's why one of the prayers that works most of the time. Mercy. 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 Because I don't know what is even working. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Every giving. Let me pray over your offering. Father, thank you for the wonderful offering that is being given everywhere in the world. Tithes and offering. Bless everyone as we give today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Uh, Wherever you are, I want you to uh, pick up your phone, um, your iPad, and I want you to hit share and share um, the message. I hear many testimonies of people who came across the live stream. And so as we share on our pages, I believe God will speak to somebody and touch somebody. Amen. And I'm I'm excited to be here. Uh, Prophet told us last week that he's beginning a brand new series today and um, last week was fantastic i believe god is speaking to us and it was a bridge into the new series which god has for us and i believe the holy spirit is already here hovering around and the word of god is about to come and transform and change that which was void amen and so i believe we are ready put food put your food away it's time to concentrate get your bible get your notebook these are times when God is drawing us closer to him and God is bringing us into his presence. And so put your hands together wherever you are. Give the Lord a shout. And then whether your voice is nice or not, get ready to declare in song that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Come on and help me sing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you trust Come on, I want to hear every voice. Say, hark into the voice. Hark into the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. For everything, oh everything, yes, everything is. Come on, I sense the presence of God. All over this room, lift your hands, lift your voices. Let's sing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your trust. 
Come on and declare over your life, nothing is impossible. Is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Now speak and say, hark into the voice. Voice Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything. Oh, come on. Yes. Are you ready? Let's sing it again. Possible with God. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a shout of victory, a shout of praise, and let's welcome our prophet, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your word for a few moments this Sunday. We are excited in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, my subject today is if you love the Lord. If you love the Lord. Now, remember, last week, I believe I was sharing about how Adam and Eve were escorted out of the exclusive Garden of Eden. And they were asked to be outside and far away. And from that time, God lost what he loved and he enjoyed. He seemed to enjoy it because he would come to them in the cool of the day. And it was something that God was doing often. But unfortunately, from that time, um, he was not able to come to them. All right? And uh, when he came, there was nobody there. So now God was left alone. And he had nobody like him. Do you see? And he had only people who feared him. So since then, God has been on a quest, I believe, to find people who like him. Do you see? And people who remember him and who retain him in their knowledge. Because the Bible said, because they would not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up. So you will see the same story throughout that is a God of love. Stretching out his hand towards mankind. All right? Even from the time that God sacked um, Adam and Eve. You know, sometimes uh, you find out that the judgments which are done are not the, the person who is doing it is not happy to do it. For instance, um, when they're going to execute people, there's somebody whose job it is to cut off the head. It doesn't mean that he's happy for each person whose head he cuts off. Somebody has to do the job. So he may not be happy. There's all kinds of people in France were executed with a guillotine. But it doesn't mean that he was excited about each case. 
that he did. Um, for instance, in, uh, in Singapore, Lee Kuan Yew, who was the founder of the country, I, I think he said at a point when he was asked, what's the most difficult decision that he ever took in power was when he had to uh, allow his, one of his, his main person with whom he did the revolution, you know, he had, to, he had to be punished and I think sent to jail. And it was the most difficult thing for him to do. You see. So we have a lot of that um, kind of thing where the judgment has to come. But the judgment, the person who is giving the judgment is as unhappy about the judgment as the person who is receiving the judgment. It's like if he doesn't do that, it's like he destroys. Because about Proverbs 29 verse 4 says that the king by judgment establishes the land. If you don't do that, the land becomes bizarre. Yes, it becomes, it goes off. So God now has to sack Adam and Eve from his presence. And he was not happy at all. And you will notice from Genesis up to Revelation, eh, is God trying in one way or another to reach to man. Who doesn't seem to be interested in him? Yeah. It's amazing. amazing. You can love somebody, the person doesn't like you. He likes other people and other things. It's a wonderful thing, but it is part of this world. Yes. Now, as soon as Adam and Eve went out of the garden, we jumped into Genesis chapter 4. They were, they were stuck from the garden in chapter 3. So let's go to chapter 4. <laughs> so Adam knew his wife, Eve. Some people don't even know who they are married to. It takes time to discover who you are married to. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have begotten a man from the Lord. Then she bare again his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt be accepted. Or shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. All right? And Cain talked with his Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel. Just two brothers. All the land in the world was still available for sale. Available to lease. Available to use. Okay. <laughs> and when there were only two, they fought. Oh. 
So you can imagine now we have seven billion. What's going to happen? <laughs> yes. He rose up and he slew him. The beginning of troubles, curses, problems. Ooh. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? Thy brother. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Watch out for answers which don't lead anywhere. <laughs> and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me for the ground, from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth. You see, when you do something wrong, that is wrong to take somebody's life away, you are opening yourself to curses. And so the, the earth has opened a mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Amen. And when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face I shall be hid. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. All right? Now the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord said, A mark on Cain. So, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. All right? And Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bare Enoch and he built a city and the name of the city after his name, his son Enoch. All right? Now, just notice again with Cain and Abel most of the time we remember the story of how Cain killed his brother. Jesse. But we leave God out as usual. When you look at it, you realize that God was the one experiencing these two boys. Okay? Now, these two people were very close to God because you would notice that man has gone further and further away from God as time has gone by. And because sin was not so deep, man was living longer. So man was living 900 years, said in the day that thou eat, you shall die on that day. And the Bible says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So no one crossed a thousand years. The highest was 900 and something years. And then they were dead. Because he said, the day that you eat, you will die. So everybody died by within a thousand years. Now, initially, you want to do something? Change. No, I don't mind changing. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when this uh, Cain and Abel, now here was God the lover. All right. He was now looking at these two new people to see how things would be. Okay? Now, they knew that they should come back to God and that they should honor God and show God some love or some something. They show him something, whatever you call it. So, they came along and 
in the process of time to say thank you to God or to show him some kind of communication. Now we see two different communications there. You see that Cain just brought an offering. That's all that he said. He brought something. Okay? That's all. But with Abel, there are two things that are mentioned that show that Abel, who was younger, seemed to have something more special for God. Do you see? One was, was that he brought the first links. Do you see? The first links. That is not just anything or one of the things, but the first. Because when you get the first, how do you know you get the second? Somebody once gave me, a, said, this is my first salary. You know, and I was thinking, oh, but how do you know you get a second salary? Yeah. But the person has faith that this is my first. And to you, you are special. So when the person presented me that offering, I felt, what I felt was I must be very special to this person. You know, God wants to be still, one of the ways to love people is make the person special. That's one of the ways to love somebody. When a girl is being loved by somebody, she's being made to feel that she's special. Is it not true? true. They would tell you, I love you. When I, met, when I saw you, I mean, you are the only one. You are the one I can share my heart with, my feelings. You are the one I trust. You are the one that also likes me. You are, you are who I have. I depend on you. I need you. I want you. Yes. They say all sorts of things. You get it? Yes. Girls who are experienced hear these things all the time from different people. Yes. So, (laughs) you are made to feel unique. Unique. I mean, you are unique. You are made to feel one in a million, one in a thousand. Yes, and you, you, you feel amazingly special. When people are married for some time, that thing goes, it sort of evaporates. They sort of become ordinary again. <laughs> but it's not a good basis for marriage. It's not a good basis for marriage because it's, it's a delusion. You see, it's a delusion. Yeah. So, but Abel made God feel special by giving him the first. And then he gave him the fat. You will notice the priests were always asked to take the fat. The fat is, I mean, those of you who eat pork, you know, there's a part that is really nice. (laughs) Yes. Are you there? Yes. For those of you who eat pork. Those who don't eat pork, don't just close your ears. It's not for you. It's chicken. Think of chicken. (laughs) Yes. It's like chicken without the skin. It's not nice. You get it? Yes. So, Abel brought something special. So, he made God feel really special. Yes. And that is what God has been looking for all through the years. And um, somehow Cain didn't find God so special. 
It's amazing. You know, the one who made heaven and earth and put you there, and you are only four on earth. Eh? It's not special to you. That is why older rich men struggle to be loved. Because an older rich man, he can get so many beautiful girls. So many beautiful girls. But do they really like him? You get what I'm saying? Or they're just putting up with him. Because he has everything. He can give you a car. He can give you a house. He can give you money. Make you a millionaire. Only that he should die quickly. So that you can be free to go to who you really like. You get what I'm saying? And so they will be texting the people out there from the gutter or wherever they knew them from. Do you get it? Whilst they are in the palace. They are all, those are, that's where their heart is. Yes. That's where their heart is. So, you find out that you can provide everything, but it doesn't mean you'll be loved. So, God provided everything for these people. And he didn't like, they didn't like him. And he wasn't special to them. So, this is, you, this is Cain and Abel are the only other people we have a long story about. And then it goes all the way and it starts to list. God giving birth, giving birth, giving birth, giving birth. Ah, till Noah. Yes. And again, it reports the love part. The, the relation to God. How they responded to God. And then, that's chapter 4. 5. All the people you had, Methuselah, I know they are all going to be born in chapter 4 and 5. Up to chapter 6. Then it came to pass when men started to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. You need daughters. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took wives of all that they chose. These are supernatural beings. They came for cross crossing. And they, they took wives. And the Lord said, I want you to notice, my spirit shall not Always strive with man. Now, the word strive, all right, it's to, one of the meanings is to plead. Do you see? To plead a cause. Do you see? So God was saying that I'm not going to struggle so much because I like these people, but they don't like me. You get it? So from Noah's time, God changed his mind that I'm not, I'm not going to, because even though he sacked Adam and Eve, he was now with his children talking to them all, and the were, presence of the Lord was with them. But from Noah's time, I mean, it was too much. It was too much. It was the, the last straw. I mean, for these people to go, I mean, he has created them to be partners and so on, to go and get angels, supernatural falling angels, have sex with them and give birth and mix the human race with demonic power. You get it? It was the last straw. So God said, this is it. I mean, you see, and there's, there is an end sometimes, you know, when things come to an end. And God said, look, I'm struggling with man, like a, a relationship that is too long, too much back and forth. You get it? And I, 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 I can't take it any longer. So God left them. 
I said, it's okay. You know, and then, in fact, he decided that, look, I'll flood them. I'll flood them. Yes, I'll flood them. Because you drown people with cold water, you don't drown them with hot water. So he flooded them so that those who could swim should swim. But even when you can swim, there is a point at which you stop. You, you can't continue. If you watch a film called Open Water, you see that you can, even if you can swim, it's up to a point. Yeah. At a point, you see that the swimming is not working. So God said, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not continue. I will not continue. Tell it, it's too much. The heartbreak is too much. You know, the loneliness is so... And even look at that cane. He went away from the presence of the Lord. It's like he doesn't like to be with the Lord. Yeah. He's always waiting for a chance to leave and make a text. Send a WhatsApp to the gutter. Where he, came, he comes from. To the gutter people. Yes. Always wants to go out and make a, a call to the gutter. Away from the presence of the Lord. Are you listening? So, brothers and sisters, God, after Noah, continued to flow along. This is Genesis chapter 6. And then, the next person that he found was no other than Abraham. Abraham. Yes which was in chapter 12. So Abraham comes into the scene by chapter 12. Adam and Eve are in chapter 3. Cain and Abel are in chapter 4 of Genesis. Noah is in chapter 6. And then Abraham comes from 11, 12. So you, and you see again, he was trying to find a unique man. You see. And somebody... Who liked him. And somebody who was. Who, who was special. And liked him. Really believed in God. You see. So God is, God is really. Looking for. People. Who like him. And who love him. I, I believe that is all that God is looking for. People who like him. People who love him. People who want him. So he, he started with Abraham and started taking him around. You know, he didn't initially tell him to kill his son. Are you there? Yeah. But at a point, uh, he decided to really see whether Abraham was the person. Do you see? Was really a great a man, an unusual man whom he could once again relate with. And he's been looking for somebody like that for a long time. He's looking for lovers. I believe that God is looking for lovers. Not just people who fear him. There is a great difference between when you, somebody fears you and somebody loves you. Yes. You know, when I'm with people, I try to be, be friends with them. I try to be friends with people. 
and I notice when they are not friends. I try to relax, be friends, make friends, and just be normal. You get it? But people are not able to relax and be friends, of course, because people have a lot of things, secrets and other things. If we walk in the light, we cannot, if you don't walk in the light, we can never fellowship. Yeah. So, when God called Abraham, it took about 10 chapters, 10 good chapters, working with God, before God decided to test him, to see whether he loved him. Yes. 10 chapters of working with God. And at the end of the 10th chapter, God called him to kill his own son. You see, and this was a personal thing between God and Abraham. It didn't even involve Sarah. Because if he had told Sarah, it wouldn't have worked. It's something between God and Abraham. And after this one, you see that Sarah and Abraham were not really, you don't find them together again after this. And then Abraham went and married some other. But I don't think Sarah was happy with this thing. When Isaac came back and told him that, you know, they were going to kill me and this and that and all that. Because maybe it's only Abraham who heard the angel. Maybe Isaac didn't hear the angel. So maybe he just saw his father trying to kill him and stop. It's like that he thought about it, as if he thought about it and he stopped. So Isaac may not know the reason why he stopped. And maybe because when angels speak, you may not hear. Yes. So now, when God uh, stopped him, he said to him uh, in Genesis 22, verse 15, the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham, out of heaven the second time and said, so the angel the first time said, stop, don't kill him. But then the second time he called him and said, by myself I have sworn that because you have done this and not withheld your son, like you've shown me such love. love loving God is obedience. The way you love God is to obey God. And because you have shown me such love and you've not withheld even your son, your only son whom it took so long for you to have, that in blessing I will bless thee. Alright? And in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because they have obeyed my voice. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we see here God finding somebody of the people in the world. Someone who loved him so much that you know, because God's love is really big. You know, when you have a big lover, meeting a small lover it creates it creates a crisis so those of you girls who really want to be loved you have to ask yourself when you meet a lover 
whether the love that you have to give back corresponds to the love you are receiving. Yes. Most of the time, it's like a camel plowing a field with a cat. CC. And you find out that one side of the love is very high and the other side of the love is very small. And a, ca- a camel and a cat. And they are moving. And you see that, yes, this love, man's love is like this and this man's love. It's amazing. So, God was trying to find somebody whose love matched his love. Are you understanding the story of God? We started when God made Adam and Eve. And you saw how God's heart was broken. Then Cain and Abel came. And you saw how he was not so happy. Because this man also went away from his presence. Then you saw Noah. He said, Charlie, it's enough. I give up. Then he found Abraham. And now he's found somebody whose love is matching the camel. Even if it's not up to the camel, maybe it's like a cow. Something nearby. So there's the camel and the cow that are a little balanced. And so when he found Abraham, he said, ah, are you, you, your descendants are going to be blessed people. So then from Abraham came Isaac and came Jacob, which is Israel. And then out of Israel came Jesus. That's us here. Is it not fantastic? So you see that from Genesis up to now has become short. Isn't it? From the creation of Adam and Eve. No, we are here. And here we are with God still trying to reach to us with love. Now, even Jacob, Israel, he kept lamenting, you don't love me, you don't like me. When you read the Bible, you would think that there is a man whose wife has gone away. Like a real man whose wife has gone following people. It's like he will talk and lament and you wonder what he's talking about. But he's talking about his great love, which he has, which is not respected, not received, and just thrown away by a person who doesn't seem to like him. So God, God doesn't have him to find people who like him who love him the way he loves them like we had the song which says I like the way you like me yes I like the way you like me yes it makes me it does something to me it disarms me <laughs> and makes me want to respond I realize that I have to respond to the way you like me are you with me yes Sometimes, it is good when God will give you somebody who doesn't love so much so that he can match your lovelessness. You get what I'm saying? Because you will all be content at that level. It's true. Because you have little to give and the person also has little to give. So you all stay there and it's a very good match. A cat and a cat. They are all, maybe there will be a slight difference in height, but it will be almost the same. Yes. It will be far less friction. Sometimes you want to tell people, you know, because sometimes you see somebody is preparing for marriage with all his heart, everything that he knows how to do, he's doing it. 
This one is also not preparing at all. Maybe it's only preparing for the wedding. Watch out for people who are only preparing for their wedding. They are empty heads and selfish people. Yes, empty heads and selfish. Their wedding is to last for only two, two hours. And all that comes after the wedding, you are incapable of any activity that is connected to real life. The only thing was makeup, flowers, this, 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 that. You are an empty shell. You are an egg without yolk. Yes, you are a cloud, cloud without water. You are a river without water. <laughs> are you listening to me? Yes. <laughs> so, God is really, really trying to get to us and to find, does anybody love me? Does anybody love me? So, even when Jesus came to this world, you look at it with me in John chapter 3. And verse number 16. You see that the rescue mission is we are given the motive behind God's rescue mission. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, it was about love. The whole of Jesus coming, it was not to correct what has happened or to try to rectify the creation, but from the love that God had for us, he couldn't help himself again. He decided to reach out. He reached out to Israel, and they chakas his love for so long. Sometimes you wonder why Jesus delayed so much in coming. If Jesus had come earlier, he would have come to meet idol-worshipping Israelites. Because they worship idols, apart from David, all the kings of Israel were idol-worshippers. So if Jesus had been born during that time, he would have been born into a family, they would be worshipping idols on the side and so on. But after they were taken for captivity to Babylon twice and came back, by the time they came back the second time, Israel was very strict on idol worship and those type of things. It's like, Charlie, we have seen what happens when they say nobody should suggest it again. As, as long as we are here, don't bring such an idea of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Idol worship. So, after the last prophecy of Malachi that somebody is going to come, Israel became a very strict religious nation. No idols, those things were not there. When Jesus was born into this world, those things were not there. You don't hear of idols anywhere. Rather, they were extreme on the laws of Moses. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Jesus had to be timed. So, when he did come, at the right time, he was born of a woman. All right? And when he came, it was all because of love. So, today... God is looking for lovers. Now, what is love supposed to do? Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. Do you love the Lord? So, um, you love the Lord because First John 4.19. I want us to Look at 1 John 4.19. I'm going to give you more than 
40 points on what it is like if you love the Lord. Yes. So, point number one, of course, I'm not going to give all of them to you today. I'm starting. But the first one is that if you love the Lord, it is because he loved you first. Yes. If you love the Lord, if you ever love the Lord, is because you are responding to his love. Responding to God's love. You are a responder. And you are responding appropriately to him. Amen. So, any God lover you have is actually just a responder who is responding appropriately to love. Amen. First John 4.19 is a beautiful verse. It says, if we love him, we love him because he loved us. Now, it doesn't mean you will love him because he loved you. It's not, but people propose and they say no. Yes. So maybe you can help me, the few people that are here, can help me to know why people love somebody and the person doesn't love you back, doesn't respond. So I'm just saying that anybody who loves God here is actually a good responder. It's like a good woman whom you've loved and she's responded back. One is that they just say, no, I'm not interested. Another to simply put them away is that the person loves somebody else. That's one of the reasons why we don't love the Lord. Because we love somebody else. Yes. Huh? It's the space is taken. The, the spots are there, taken. So if, if a man loves a woman and she loves another person or a host of other people, you get it? It is because it is because so she, she, he, he does not get the love back. Yes. Where do you have this word, broken hearted? It's from this I'm talking about. Broken hearted. You love it, they don't love you. It breaks your heart. Then number three, you love the person and the way the person loves you, responds is to maybe accuse you. Yes. This is one of the ways that people love. It's not a good thing, but it is one of the responses. It's a style. The, the love, the response is to accuse you because they are so uh, aware that it is not usual to get such great love. They want to protect it at all costs. So to protect it, they would accuse you of going away to love another. Do you see? So that you don't do that. And you stay with them. So that's why they accuse. Do you understand? You don't understand the question. Yes. It's one of the ways. And it comes out of fear. Fear brings that. So a lot of people respond to love by with fear. And the fear brings accusations. 
All right? And then, people respond to love by giving no effort at all. Like, there is no energy to love back. You see? You say, I love you, they'll say, Amen. I love you, they say, it's a blessing. I love you, they say, I hear you. Do you get it? Yes. Or they say, wow. Thumbs up. I love you back. Yes. It's powerful. So, there again, it's almost like you've loved a lifeless person. Yes. If you've ever visited the mortuary, you see all the dead bodies lying over there. And some people just did their hair before they died. And some people just did their nails before they died. You see all of them there. Yes. It is the knowledge that the person is dead that makes the person unattractive. But what you see there If they tell you this is sleeping, it will be attractive to you. Yes. But the the knowledge of the death, the person is lifeless. It's like, hmm, this is death. Yes. But if you go, you will see what I'm talking about. Many people, nails and hair, freshly done, they are there. So, lifelessness. That's why you don't marry one of those. There's no life in the love. There's no risk. I mean, think of the energy for somebody to be born of a virgin and come and struggle through these Pharisees to be lashed, beaten. I mean, go through so much effort to travel. To travel from heaven to this earth. And then we can't even cross from England to Germany. We can't even cross from this town to this town. We can't even go from North America to South America. It's like it's difficult. Hey, Charlie, my life will be, my life is whatever. We can't go from Ghana to Nigeria. Hey, Charlie, me, my whatever, you know, my life and so on. I mean, look at the energy from God. Do you know where heaven is? Do, I'm asking you, do you know heaven? Do you know where the airport of heaven is? To take a flight to come from heaven to this earth. Arrive and be born in blood. Eh? To be the firstborn of heaven. To be a firstborn is very dangerous than to be a secondborn. Because the firstborn, sometimes you you see that they are stubborn. You get it? Because the oxygen was not enough. Yes. They struggle a lot before they are born. Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. Look at the struggle that Jesus came to this world. Born, carpenters, whatever. Go to Egypt, run away from Herod, come back, go again. Don't come, Herod's son has come here. Go back here, do this, be born, become a fisherman. I mean, a carpenter. Go and befriend fishermen. A lot of energy, I mean, a lot has been done. Come and preach, preach, preach. And and when he preached, they didn't like it at all because he was preaching the truth. People don't like the truth. (laughs) one of the things you find out that people don't want the truth at all at all you say the truth they don't like you yes 
That's why sometimes we just preach generally. So if you can pick one or two truths, you can pick. <laughs> you say, apply it to yourself. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Yes, I'm still preaching. Yeah. I am explaining that. When you find a God lover, you've not found something so special. You have found someone who is just responding appropriately. That's all I'm talking about. Yes, it's just responding appropriately. Yes. It's not done much, but like just we've been trying to equal the, the love that has come to you. Because people are flat. People are flat. Yes. Take a man, I mean, that is if he does. Organize everything, get a home to bring you there, to save money, get this, get that, get that, to create a home, to create a family. And it comes to you. And you've not learned how to boil rice. You get what I'm saying? It's like there's no energy or ever. So you are just there. There's nothing you can do and nothing you do. Yes. It's not asking you to make samosa or it's not asking you to make lasagna. It's not asking you to make carbonara. It's not just make rice. Yes. And it's a problem. And you, there's, there's no effort. There's no energy. You know you are going to marry. You know you are going to relate. But it's like there's no effort. How to have the person is passionate. Full of passion and love. Full of kisses. Look at Songs of Solomon chapter 1. <laughs> Are you there? Yes. Songs of Solomon. Chapter 1. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. There are different types of love. And there is some love. For thy love is better than wine. No kiss, no love. That's what the Bible is saying. No kiss, no love. Yes. No kiss, no love. Thy love is better than wine. Your love. Your love. Your kind of love. Is better than wine. But some people's love is like salty water. Oh. When you drink it, you don't. <laughs> now, I mean, so try drinking salt, salt water. Put salt. I, I don't want to. Some of you don't know what vinegar is or how to buy it. You put salt in the water and drink it and see. So, when you love God, you have responded in equal terms to God. Yes. And I can give example after example of how Christians, people marry, and you have a high, intense love, and you have a flat liner here. Flat liner. Yes. You get nothing. Or high here. And you get that. So gradually, this one says, ah, 
Since I'm getting nothing from here, then we come down. Then it keep coming down, 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 down. Then sometimes it even goes lower than this one. And then this, the cycle continues until there's nothing, it's just evil. Yes. So, I believe if we love the Lord, we are just responding the right way. And if you don't love the Lord, I'm telling you, you are a some way person. And probably that is why God may give you a flatliner to love. So that you love for an experience to school you in what it is like to love and not be loved. Yes. Yes. I mean, we should have read in the Bible, God was so, God, God so angry that he sent his only son to come and bash the world and totally punish them. Yes, and show the world something. No, not God so angry. God so loved. Not God so wicked. God was so wicked that he sent his son to come and weed people. Weed him. He came and weeded the Romans. And weeded the Greeks. And weeded all the, the islands. No. God came with love. Extreme love. And all that he needs from us is love. And so it's a good question that we need to ask ourselves. If we love the Lord, if you love the Lord, what do you do? And the first point is that if you do love him, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a, a normal corresponding response to a very great love. And if you know that you are a flatliner, don't marry a person who has a lot of love to give. Because there are people who have a lot to give. They, 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 they will love you with intensity, with whatever. It is a, it is, um, it's a wicked thing to do to somebody. And a person stays for years trying to love something that, that is like pouring corn on a terrazzo floor. Trying to plant a seed. And it's not entering the carpet. The person is coming with a big love. And you, you will not even learn how to do anything for the person. Italian, massage, Spanish, I mean, uh, love, anything. I mean, South American experiences. I mean, whatever they are. Ooh. So sometimes you need flat for flat. So that your house will be cool. Yes. Are you there? Nothing for nothing. Amen. Number two, if you love the Lord, we'll be ending soon. Today is Sunday. But if you love the Lord, you are doing the main thing. The main thing. The most important thing that you should ever do. Now, Matthew 22, verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, clear, no question, no ambiguity, no section one, section two. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Hmm? Your heart, soul, and mind. Not that your heart and soul is with God and your mind is somewhere else. Your mind is on other things. Or your heart is with God, your mind is with God, and your soul or your feelings are somewhere else. Your heart, 
your mind, your soul must be loving God. So you can't love God without feelings, without tears, without joy, without expression, without something. You can't stand there and say, I, I love you. Say, Me too. I love you. Me too. You know, one day I was in a meeting with some brethren and one brother stood up and gave a testimony because a lot of people are listening. I'll just abbreviate the testimony. But he gave a testimony of his marriage and certain things that he was enjoying. And then he just spoke naturally as though those are things that are enjoyed everywhere. Then a brother was very quiet. He was sitting down. <laughs> then he stood up and he said, I've never heard of, I've never heard of this. I don't want to say exactly what it is. I've not heard of it before. I never knew that it's possible. Such a thing. I looked at him and I knew what a difficult situation that he was experiencing. He, he had a flat liner. Turn your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you a flat line? A flat? Flat line. Amen. Amen. Loving God is the greatest commandment of all. Yes. And so, if you are loving God, if you love the Lord, you are, you are, you are you are, you are doing the right thing. Amen. You are doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, have you ever wanted to know, am I really doing the right thing? Do you see? Am I really doing the right thing with my life? If, if you want to know the answer, the right thing. Eh? The right thing is not necessarily to go on mission or to go here or to go there or to go do whatever. It's to love God. Yes. And, and many people don't love God. Yes. We, sometimes we love the church or we love the pastor, but we don't love God. Yes. If you love the Lord, you've, you've backed the right horse. Yes. You've backed the right horse. Yes. Beautiful. You are doing the greatest that can ever be done. You'll never be wrong when you love God. You'll never be wrong. If you give your love to God. Now, there remains a painful lesson for anyone who lives his life trying to love other things. Jeremiah 17. Quickly. Jeremiah 17. Amen. Now, thus saith the Lord, verse 5. Glory to God. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Cursed, all right, is the man, be the man that trusteth in man. Do you see? And maketh flesh his arm. And whose heart departeth from the Lord. He shall be like the heath, which is a shrub in the desert. 
and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inherit the patched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Amen. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. The Lord is your hope. He shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Amen. You know the famous verse, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above wicked and, and desperately wicked. That is where we find it. All right. Now, God is saying here that if you trust in man, you put your confidence in man, you are cursed. You know? And I think that this is one of the things that Christians struggle with is to love people and have confidence in people, even good people. And that, that is why many times we are doomed to have experiences of disastrous relationships where you find out and experience that trusting even Christians and so-called believers more than trusting God or loving God or depending on God turns into a monkey, a disaster, a beast. Yes, because a man can never be in place of God. Yes. Your love, you see, when you say love God, God lovers can easily love a human being because they are loving. Because if, if a God lover finds a scripture, husband, love your wife, say, ah, when I, when I, as I love my wife, I'm loving God. Okay. Or if a God lover has go into the world and preach the gospel, then he feels that if he goes preaching the gospel, he's loving God. So it's like, Anything the person finds to do, to love, he does with energy. So a God lover can easily love a man, can easily love a woman, and it turns into a monster for you. Yes, because he's the loving kind. So anything he gets on, he will love it and give himself to it. And that's where the, the curse comes. Because you can easily shift from God to the left of God, which would be something God has said you should also love. You see, but it's turned into a monster to you. And you find out that with many Christians, they have this experience that, no, you, it seems you love somebody or you love a human being, but you should love God. And so in part of our training, God is taking us through to love him and realize that there is none like you. It's for only God. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Yes, yes. Now, loving God, you see, I'm, I'm only comparing it to your love for men because good people tend to love human beings. Like you can love souls. You can love a church member. You can love a friend. You can love a sister. You can love a brother. You can love a husband. You can love a wife. But it will tend to pain if it is more than loving God. Yes. And I can give you many examples which I will not. John chapter 2. And the very last verse. 
whatever the last verse is, that's where we are going to in John chapter 2. Now, verse 24. And Jesus did not commit himself to them. You see, in verse 23, when he was come to Jerusalem, all right, at the Passover and the feast, many believed, so believers, believers, and supporters, when they saw the miracles which he did, believers and supporters, and givers, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men. Verse 25. And he needed not that any should testify of man. For he knew what was in man. So Jesus never trusted man. And he was right. He was right. Who were those at the cross? Everybody dashed. The whole city said, crucify him. Peter, who, who said he, he will never deny him, denied him Three times in a row. Peter said it the day before. That I will never do this. And that's what he did. All the disciples dashed. The three people left. Number one. His mother. Which a mother's love. You can understand. In the Hebrew it comes from a word. Rechab. It means the womb. Mercy. It's used, the word is used often to say mercy. And it, it means something from the womb. Like there's something you have from something that comes from your womb or that comes from you. That is it's not easy to explain. Yeah, so if somebody is from you, you can have some pity for the person. So Mary was there. Number two, John was there. He was a teenager. They say he was 16. Do you see? So maybe a child who doesn't know the implications of what's happening. You get it. The grown-ups said they had dashed. The, the mature congregations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then, who was there? Magdala. Magdalene. Yes. <laughs> now, Magdalene had a bad reputation. You know, one time she was trying to do something for Jesus. And people said, if you knew, you would not let this woman touch you. You know, but she was the one who was there. She was at the cross. She showed that, huh? Yes, she showed that love for Jesus. You get what I'm saying? Now, all the men that he had trained, he had given them teachings. Do you know that John 13, John 14, John 15, that's where if you abide in me, my words abide in all those, I, I go to the, the world, whatever, John 17, 8, all was private. It was not public. It was private teaching camps. All the members who attended, everybody was gone. He was left with these three characters. You get what I'm saying? And, and that's why Jesus, and he was right not to trust them. Yes, and that's why you even wonder that when Jesus was saying go ye into all the world and giving the great commission, it was to traitors. He was saying that commission to traitors. Huh? And the chief traitor was the leader. <laughs> they had appointed him as a rock. 
Wow. So, I'm just saying that Jesus was committed to God. He never shifted and said, Peter, you are my main man. Peter, I really, really love you. No, he never committed himself to man. He knew what was in man. Yes. We are, we are wretched. And that is why God wants to take your attention from humans and fix your attention on him. And sometimes you have pain and painful. All these, there are words that are in the English book. You will come to see what they mean. Painful means full of pain. You know, to know it means full of pain. Painful means full of pain. And sorrowful means full of sorrow. <laughs> they are English words. They are English words which, which exist. Things that happen. That, that have been invented. Said are full of pain. Full of sorrow. Sorrowful. Yes. So God wants to take your attention more and more to him. To he whom we have to deal with. To love him rather than to love men. And to trust people. Not that you should suspect people. But it's like your confidence is in God. Even if you are somewhere, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I don't, my God is not depending on you. Yes. It's you. That is God that I'm, if I, if I have God with me, I'll be okay. Yes. And so, my sister, I know, you know, when you get a man who says, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, that's why older ladies don't think in the same way. When you come and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. After some time, they say, I love you, I love you. They just laugh in their head. Sometimes they don't smile, but they, they are laughing in their head. Sometimes they are saying to you, think I'm a fool. Or whatever. Yes. You want to have sex with me. That's all that you are saying. Yes. You are after my body parts. Yes. You are after my body parts. Yes. Yes. You are looking for organ transplant. <laughs> Donors want to donate organs. So loving God is the main thing. Amen. If you are into loving God, you are into the main thing. Amen. Do you want to love the Lord even more? I want to love the Lord more and more. Amen. Now, point number three. If you love God, you will be safe on judgment day. 1 John 4, 17. On the day of judgment, you'll be okay. Because 1 John 4, 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect. Like, our love is going to be really good. Okay? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So you are never going to be confident on the day of judgment when you don't really love. When you don't have love. Judgment is not going to be good for you. Because it's all about love. Your love marks need to be high. Section 1 is love. And it's 90%. You need, you need it's, compulsory, it's a compulsory question. It's, it's about love. So if you don't get First John 4, 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect. If you are not good in love, you will not be happy on the day of judgment. You'll not be bold. You'll not be confident. Because when they ask you, how was question one? Said, it was the worst. I did question two, three, four, five, six, seven, up to question ten. Ah! And the whole of question two to ten is ten marks. But question one alone is 90% of the marks. 
And that's the one you didn't listen. Oh, I almost didn't do questions. At the last five minutes, I tried to write something. So your love for God, your love for God is the basis. When I stand before God, it's going to be about my love. How much I love him and I've been yielded to love him. Yes. Yes. It's not. I must have won more souls to Christ, at least lifting your hands and praying the sinner's prayer, than Jesus. Yes. Yes. How many, how, many souls did, how many souls did Jesus win? Even Philip the evangelist in the Bible. I must have won more souls than he did. How many people were there in the whole world anyway? Maybe the number of people I've won to Christ may be the population of the world in those days. Yes. Can I be greater than Jesus because of the souls I've won? Not at all. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. No soul has been won. This is my son. I like him. Yes. I love him. This is my beloved, beloved son. Like, I really like this, my son, in whom I'm well pleased. He hasn't won any souls. Because the main commandment Jesus told us, and he must have been following that rule. The main commandment is to, obey, is to love God. So, if you want to be okay on the day of judgment, you need to be loving God. Yes. That's why we have a song called you don't, love, you don't Love the Lord or something, isn't it? You don't? No, 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 no. You don't love the Lord. Yeah. You don't love the Lord. If you love the Lord, you love his house. You love his people. When a man loves the Lord, we have a song like that. If you love the Lord. When a young man loves the Lord. When a young girl loves the Lord. Are you there? Are you still listening? Amen. So God is trying to teach us to love him and to know the number one thing. For all of us, one of the people that you find who don't love God are pastors. Yes. One of the groups that you find who don't love God are pastors. Yes. Many pastors have settled into a routine and into a job. But it's all about God. And it's all about loving him. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We want to be bold. We want to be confident. The marks are coming. You know, when I was in medical school, I was never bold in the day of judgment. The day of judgment was when the results are coming. They will bring the results at the admin block. And then people will go to get the results. The people were very confident. I had some of my mates. They would always go. We actually we are going to get the result, but I couldn't go. I was never bold in the day of judgment. And on the last day, uh, the tenth of March, nineteen eighty-nine, around four o'clock in the afternoon, the people went to the ringside to go and get the 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 the, the, the results. And I was in the hostel because I didn't have boldness in the day of judgment. I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> And I think when they got the paper, then this one will take the paper. They, everybody look, if you can see your name. But once your name is in that, you are, you are a doctor. Made it. So the paper got missing. This one has taken it. This one, they go, they're running all over the place. So I was, I was in my hostel waiting. And I heard people running and whatever. 
that my heart started to beat at 10 times faster. There was no boldness in the day of judgment. So then I saw somebody and I said, Charlie, how? Because it's my name on the list. He said, I think so. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> Because, because everybody is looking for his own results. He's not looking for other people's results. So they were not sure. So I think so. I, I, I don't know. Before I saw another person and another person who confirmed, yes, your name is on the list. And then I began to relax and be happy that I had become a doctor. Are you listening to me? Boldness in the day of judgment. So when we get to heaven, it's going to be about the love you had for God. If you love God, you're going to be very cool in the day of judgment. They'll be coming and you... Some people will be saying, souls that they want, these are... I mean, I, I, mean I, I love God. You love God? When was the last time you spoke to him? Is it to say you love God? Church membership is not the same as loving God. God has what shows that you love him. God has what shows that you love him. If you love the Lord. Are you there? The woman who came with the alabaster box, she loved him. Jesus said, who he, she who is forgiven much, loves much. Yes, loves much. Jesus was really impressed with this woman. And that's why when he came from the dead, he appeared to her. He didn't mind Peter at all. Peter was an orangu. Peter didn't do well at all. He didn't mind him at all. He went to this woman and said, this woman is, is good for me. I appeared to her and said, look, I'm alive. Uh, go and tell those guys. And the guys who betrayed said, he doesn't know me. He said this. And last time I spoke to him, I, I saw him telling people that he doesn't know me. Before I went to that. And when I was on the cross, I didn't see him. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. I looked behind. I didn't see any. I didn't see them. Yes. I had to tell this small boy to look after my mother. So Mary Magdaleno was the one, she loved him much. Her sins, which are many, Luke 7, 47, are forgiven. For she loved much. For the same whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Little love. Yes. So, your, 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 if you love, we'll, we'll feel it. Stop saying you love when we can't even know anything that points to love. Yes. This woman, Charlie, what she did, Jesus said, hey, this thing eh, that she has done, eh, yeah, it will never be, I mean, forgot, even today, 2020, I'm mentioning it. This woman, I like her power. So when he appeared, that's a higher type of vision. That is what we, 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 we call a three-dimensional participatory vision where it's like the person is in dimensions, three dimensions, and participates with the environment. He appeared and she thought he was the gardener. He was participating with the garden, interacting, an interactive vision. Yes. This is the highest kind of vision. That's the type that Kenneth Hagin had. When Jesus came to him and pulled a seat and spoke to him. Yes. Participatory, three-dimensional vision. It's not a picture. It's a participation 
of interactive. Yes, it's a higher level. That's what Mary Magdalene said. Go and tell Peter they should now listen to a woman. Yes, whom they didn't even allow when we were having apostolic meetings. She was never invited. She's the one they would listen to. Tell them that I, I'm here. They should meet me at uh, Galilee. I'm risen. Then, now that Peter was running on Easter Sunday, later to come and see. It was over. Sunday service was gone. Jesus had gone away. So, ladies, this is an opportunity for you, yes, to love. Amen. It's all going to be about love. And you can see that the disciples couldn't show their love at the last minute. But this woman showed her love. And she went higher than all of them. She's the first apostle because an apostle is somebody who, who has seen Jesus and who proclaims the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So she's actually the first apostle is a woman. The first apostle was a woman. Yes, not Peter. Yes. Amen. Is it exciting? So if you love the Lord, you are blessed. And finally, if you love the Lord, you will dwell in God. 1 John 4, 16. That's our last point. You dwell in God. You stay in his presence. We have known and believed that the love that God has to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love. So if you dwell in the love, you dwell in God and God in him. So once you dwell in God, you dwell in love. You dwell in the presence of God. So anybody who loves God has the presence. Yes. I, I want to read it again. We know and believe that the the love that God has to us. Okay. God is love. He that dwelleth in love, loving God. He that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God. So when you, when you stay in love, you love God. You are in God. You are in the presence of God. God lovers have a certain presence because God is, they are in God. If you love God, you are in God. Yes. You are in God. God is in you and you are in God. Loving God. Not, not those who pray a lot. Those who love God. Yes. And when you love God, you will learn how to pray and just be with only God for a long time. So, the presence of God. You know, one time I was listening to Benny Hinn preaching and he was talking about, you, you, you see that he's somebody who loves God. And that is that what has brought up the presence of God in his life. Loving God goes very much with the person. When you love somebody closely, you are likely to be in the person's presence. Oh, I'm wrong. I'll say it again. When you love somebody very much, you are likely to be in the person's presence. The more you hate the person, the further away you go from the person. True or not true? Yes. If I love you, I'll say, oh, come and be with me. And when you love a lady so much, so I want you to be with me forever. I want to spend my days with you, my nights with you, my life with you, or my holidays with you, my moments, my sad moments, my happy moments. I want it all to be with only you. You and only you. If you love somebody, you'll be in the person's presence. That's what I'm trying to say. When you don't love a person, you, you want to go out of the person's presence as soon as possible. Yes. He that dwelleth in love dwells in God. If you dwell in the love of God, you dwell in God's presence. You like staying in God's house. Loving God. There's nothing wrong with us staying in church till 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You'd have been watching season 16, episode 48. 
dwelling in the presence of wicked unbelievers who are murdering one another on TV and teaching you how to kill and steal and destroy. Yes. Dwelling close. So when you love somebody, you, 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 you want to be close. You're always in the person's presence. It's easy for you. But when you don't love the person, you are looking for the next moment to get out and go back to the gutter and relate with the gutter people who are outside from the village because you don't really love the person. Yes. So here we are in his palace. We want to get out. and uh, Can you summarize your preaching and get out? So we want to get out back to the gutter. We want to go somewhere else. We have things to do. We, we want to watch soccer. We want to watch 22 millionaires who don't care about anybody hitting a piece of leather around for 90 minutes who will never donate anything to you or help anybody. We don't really like being in your house. See, when somebody loves you, the person is not irritated. Nor, the, nor is the person secretive. So before you realize, ah, where is this person? Dashed. <laughs> How many have seen people who dash? It's like, before you realize, the person is out. Then the person reappears. Hey! Excuse me. Making calls. Interacting with the gutter. We love the gutter when his presence is there. Can you go close quickly? Can you stop talking so that we can close? We want to close. We want to get back to the gutter. Don't want to be with him. You know, anybody you love, that's why when people I love, they want to be together all the time. They can talk on the phone and fall asleep on the phone, wake up on the phone, yeah. I remember one guy when he died, they were interviewing the people who, when they, they spoke to his girlfriend. And his girlfriend said, we were on the phone from midnight till 5, 5 a.m. So they knew that he was not dead as at 5, I think by 6. He was, they were talking, he was, they, were, they were on the phone. Long distance call. Wow. Yeah, for hours. Hours. I can't be with you if I can be on the phone. I want to talk to you. I want to be in your presence. So when they found him dead, they knew that after 6 a.m. he was alive. 7 he was dead. Lovers, they like to stay around. So can I stay? Can I stay? I want to stay on. Those who don't love, they'll say, I love you. When they see you turn your head, You understand what I'm talking about? Yes. Whom do we love? Whom do we love? Let's fall in love with him again. There's a song like that. Fall in love with you again. I just this world. Fall in love with you. Amen. I want to be in your presence and I want to love God. Love his house. He that, look at the verse. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. That's all. It's English. If you dwell in the love of God or your love for God, you dwell or you stay in God. And there's a presence always. There's that presence. 
for loving God. So brothers, let's not be discouraged by the fact that we can't see God. He's real. And he's a really loving God. Like if you really want to learn about love, let's learn about God. And if you try loving anything or anybody other than loving God, I promise you a big bang. Yes, you're going to have a big bang for sure. Maybe God really wants you to love him. And not happy with anything else. Me, personally, I, I, I feel God really wants me to love him. That's what I feel. I feel that he really wants me to love him. And only him. Yes, only him. That's, that's my experience. As I've walked with the Lord through the years, I've found out God said, don't love anything else, though. You know, one, night, one time I, I, I bought a jacket. And I said, I really like it. And I became scared immediately. You like something too much. God is going to come for it. He's going to scratch it. I think I gave it away. I don't know what I did with it. But I was scared. I said, this thing, God is going to come for it. Don't like anything too much. More than God. Don't trust it. Trust God. All those who trusted in Europe. Where is Europe now? Trusted in America. Yes. Trusted in everything. I pray it doesn't happen, but the next thing that's going to come is the banks and the money. Yeah. It's going to come. And then another unraveling. All that we've trusted in. It's like it's unraveled before our eyes. So let's love God. I'm going to encourage everybody in this corona. Let's, God is great. God has grounded the whole world. If the most powerful everything in the world has brought down to nothing. And nobody knows when or how it can ever recover. Yes. So let's believe that God is very great. And let's give ourselves to him. Let's give ourselves to him wholeheartedly and reservedly. Yes. Not to just the commission, but to him. Yes. And as we love him, his presence will be with us. And his presence will answer to all our enemies. Anybody who throws a stone at you will throw a stone at the presence of God. And an angel will pick the stone and throw it back in the name of Jesus Christ. Every standing. If you love the Lord. Amen. Now, lift your holy hands. Father, we give ourselves to you and commit to love you forever. Thank you for the blessedness of knowing you. We will serve you for the rest of our days, for the rest of our lives. Just speak to God for a moment. In your houses, every standing, please. Every standing, wherever you are. Love the Lord. Loving God. The greatest command of all. To love Him. If you love God, you are responding well. If you love God, you are doing the best thing. If you love God, you are a good responder. You are not a flatliner. Father, we thank you. Matoma Meligoro Tarabagalo Zomojonina Membreges Dobragish Halemande Kepele Bonovara Catalide Egasta Polo Jinges Mandele Padalama Pudisenketele. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed, if you want to give your life to Jesus, wherever you are, lift your hand and I'm going to pray with you to become a God lover. Open your heart and let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. 
I am a sinner. Today I give my life to you. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. And cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. From all my mistakes, I love you, Jesus. And I will serve you for the rest of my days. Help me to love you, to follow you with all my heart. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Father, thank you for all of the whole church. Every, every hand lifted up, please. Thank you for the church. Baptize us with the spirit of love. God's love. To love God with all our hearts. The greatest commandment. Good responders. Take away flatliners from our midst. Matoka balamanadi. Chindolo magalabas. Pandala madari. Hemolanada. Danda 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 na. Dana mano. Sumerigirese. Kropla dadada. Hamanari do. Koronisi na mandalaba. Take away expressionlessness. Expressionless love. Love without passion. Love without feeling. Love without expression. Take it out of our lives. Give us a good heart to love you with feeling, with our soul, with our mind, with our heart. We thank you. From today, we commit ourselves that we will love you, we will serve you in every country, in every nation. That we will be lovers and dedicated people to God. We thank you for this blessing. Showing us the greatest thing of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we're going to receive our communion. And I want you to take your communion wherever you are in your house. Take the wine. Take the bread. The one who loved us. We are going to break his body. Drink his blood. Why? It shows the zeal that he had for us. The zeal and the love. The extreme feeling that God had for us. To send his only son. That's why many people love Jesus. Because he won our hearts. Even those of us who are flatliners. We find ourselves loving God. Because he first loved us. Take your bread. And lift it up. Father as we come before you. And we receive the body. The love that made this body to be broken. Let it enter us. As we receive the body of Jesus Christ. We thank you. That we are receiving into our lives. The kind of passion. The kind of feeling. The kind of love. The kind of zeal. That only you can give. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus name. The body of Jesus Christ. take the wine whatever drink you have fathers we lift up this communion across the world everyone who's watching let this answer for our sins and our mistakes father forgive us for all our mistakes how horrible we are how dirty we are how filthy confess our sin, our lusts, our pride, our fornications and adulteries. We confess our wickedness, our maliciousness, Lord, our 
laziness forgive us our debts our applications that we haven't fulfilled thank you and Lord answer in the gate all enemies who want to claim our lives answer them by your power by the blood let there be an eternal separation from us and the enemy by the blood of the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world we declare the Red Sea marks the end of Pharaoh and the end of the chariots of darkness chariots of demons that are hunting for our lives this is the end of the enemy the blood of Jesus when I see the blood I will pass over you let Pharaoh and all his demonic hordes be drowned forever in the Red Sea whatever represents the Red Sea it has drowned your enemy now the blood of Jesus Christ now lift your hand everybody for your blessing wherever you are this year will not be a downturn for you but it will be declared an upturn for you when the whole world is going down you'll be going up you'll never be declared a poor person from today you are escaping the tragedies that have engulfed this world I bless you to escape from every attempt of darkness to destroy your life every kind of oppression every kind of demonic presence that is assigned to you I decree your your escape from death from demonic traps and assignments I terminate the works of devils and throwers of stones throwers of accusations against your life spirits of shame and intimidation against you are all cursed and their assignments are terminated you are divinely delivered permanently from the works the blockades the activities the maneuvers of demonic forces and powers in the name of Jesus by the blood of the lamb I declare that all enemies that have made themselves enemies against you have drowned in the Red Sea their pride shall be brought to the bottom of the sea and all men shall see them floating on the sea as they have been drowned by the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ whatever threatens you whatever intimidates you whatever fights you whatever forces you down I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus receive freedom receive deliverance from every demonic entity that has been sent to you and assigned to you and delegated to you to torment you to frustrate you to harass you to make you mentally and spiritually fatigued and weary in the name of Jesus be free and be delivered from fatigue from weariness from suicidal thoughts from depression from weakness in the name of Jesus Christ I decree a sudden turnaround a good surprise a blessing 
a sudden announcement an announcement of something good in your favor in the name of Jesus Christ whatever represents a disaster will turn into your good fortune whatever represents bad news will turn into good news whatever represents sadness is turning into joy according to the prophecy that he has turned your mourning into dancing may this prophecy come to pass practically in your life this year I declare the year of the shepherd and the year of the great commission is happening practically in every life ah by the shepherd the good shepherd you are preserved ah death shall not be found near you disease shall not be found near you sad news shall not be found near you in this year of death all around it shall not come near your dwelling place I decree and declare protection from corona spirits covid spirit biological weapons wicked ideas inventors of evil things and wicked things that have been invented and transmitted into the world you are divinely covered and you are declared an escapee you are escaping now by power by might by the grace and the help of god in the name of jesus christ now i pray for your house whatever foul presence is in your house that represents and brings a curse and brings darkness brings a dark shadow into your life in the name of jesus i rebuke dark clouds and dark shadows and command them to depart and to leave and never come back in jesus name everything that is sent to you to torment you to frustrate you i rebuke it today be blessed uh, as you are partaking of this holy meal uh, the blood of jesus is causing your divine escape from the chariots of darkness and the wicked demonic hordes that surround you and surround your life you are healed you are free you are blessed and you have escaped in the name of jesus christ let the blessing of the lord guide and help you receive financial fortune and increase in this time receive increase 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 and blessing in this time like never before it has happened and it is happening to you practically in the name of jesus christ amen god bless you for listening to this message visit dagheywoodmills.org today for more audio and video messages information on upcoming events and so much more Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.